0: This is Greg Laurie of A New Beginning, heard daily on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what
1: kind of increase will those who get Social Security benefits expect for 2024? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, I'm not taking questions today, and if you have a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. Send it in, comments, questions, whatever's on your mind. I'd love to hear from you, and I enjoy getting those emails and helping out in any way that I can. That's all at uh, the website, prudentmoney.com. Also sign up for the Prudent Money e-letter list. That way, you're always included as the very first person to find out any time that we put something new on the on the website. And it will keep you posted as to what I think that you need to know. So just go sign up for it. We uh, put your email in a database. We obviously don't sell that information or do anything of the sort. It's uh, safe on that email list and a great way to stay up to date with what I think is important. Today, I think this is important and it is the social security cost of living adjustment that is released for the upcoming year every october and if you'll remember last year i believe was a record rise in the cost of living adjustment because of inflation and it came out to it came out to 8.7% uh, increase in the 2023 benefits You've probably enjoyed that a little bit and it probably almost covered some of the expenses that uh, that you're experiencing and the increase in those expenses cost-wise as you know and we talk about on the, the program a lot That uh, i just absolutely do not agree with the government numbers on so on uh, on inflation when it, all it takes is for you to go grocery shopping And you can can see that it's a lot higher and it's sustainable at these higher rates than what the Social Security, the the CPI, is what the government publishes, says about inflation. I think they're so mismatched. And that's a whole other story. So what the increase over the cost of living, the cost of living adjustment, Average increase over the last twenty years is two point six percent. So what's the increase for twenty twenty four? Bear in mind that interest rates. I mean, inflation has come down just a little bit, but not that much. But it has come down a little bit. They're only giving you three point two percent, and that's not too bad. It's, uh, it's of course better than nothing. But, it's, but considering Social Security, that's not too bad. 3.2%, which will start that raise. It, it adds up to a, to an average of $59 a month is what it comes out to. Every little bit helps, obviously. But 3.2% in 2024. Now, here's the interesting thing about how this is paid for. Not entirely, of course, but a, a good bit of it is when you get your paycheck they take out payroll taxes and now those payroll taxes are taxes for Social Security so the total amount out of your paycheck is 12.4 percent and that goes to the government that goes to the Social Security Trust Fund and is used to pay out Social Security benefits so the 12.4 percent 6.2 percent of that is paid by you out of your check and then 6.2 percent is paid from the by the employer to total 12.4 percent that's how it works and so there is a maximum amount of income that you pay the 6.2 percent on every uh every paycheck that you that you are that you receive so the max in 2021 uh, that one was 147000 Excuse me, for, for twenty-two dollars that was 147000 They raised that max sharply to $160,200. So that means that on that next roughly $13,000, yeah, thirteen thousand two hundred dollars. The uh, that for this year that you're going to have to pay if you're making that kind of money that you're going to have to pay additional payroll taxes on. Well, then they raised it again from one sixty to two hundred for next year, up to 168600 eight six hundred. So this isn't just about the government giving benefits. This is about, and most people won't catch this. But it does, it, it adds up. I mean, for if that's a, about $520 a year uh, extra that you're paying in payroll taxes. If you're self-employed, guess who pays that 12.4%? You do. And that's another two one uh, $1,040 that, that you have to pay if you're making that kind of an income. So there is kind of a, a, a tax Tax the. I guess they call this uh, this wealthy. I know a lot of people who are who are making between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they don't feel very wealthy. But that's that's here and there. That's just what they the, the government uses for the numbers. And uh, there's a tax there, a tax increase that a lot of people don't really see coming. So that is your number three two percent and uh, maybe at some point if this thing hopefully this thing won't drag out we'll get a good idea we'll get uh social security benefits that are actually equal or close to the the increase in cost of living the question that i get probably more often than not is can i can i count on social security will social security go away and I believe that if you're in your late 40s, 50s, and on up, I think that you will get Social Security, and I think that it won't be a problem. For those younger than that, I think that you run into a problem, or you'll experience some kind of a different Social Security. But the thing that you gotta, that you got to consider is, it's a big political hotbed, hot potato. Nobody wants to address it, but no president wants to be in charge and have social security fail under their watch that i can pretty much guarantee you is the, is is the, is the case so the politicians will be forced to deal with this and well i've seen studies and although this will not make anybody happy it's still a reasonable tax hike But I think what they'll do is they'll just increase the payroll taxes up of maybe a percent to a percent and a half from, say, 6.2 percent to 7.5 percent. Everybody will feel that, but not to the extent that a the type of of – because this is only going to be a temporary fix. This could probably pay out pay out Social Security benefits for 40, 50, whatever years. I've seen some studies on it, and it really does look like a, a, a good temporary Band-Aid fix. And I think that that's all you're going to get. And it's what what will end up happening is whoever is president at the time will get the big pat on the back and say, you saved Social Security. We'll go down history as saving Social Security when the the, the reality of it is, so you're just going to have to turn around and do it again because this this will run out. You see, what ends up happening is you have the Social Security Trust Fund. I apologize. I might be off a little bit on these numbers, but you'll get the idea. Money from payroll taxes comes into the Social Security Trust Fund. And then between the, the money that's in the trust fund and the money that's coming in, those go out to pay benefits. Well, at some point, you get to a scenario where there's not any money in the Social Security trust fund, and the only money in there is the money that's coming in from payroll taxes. That's when Social Security technically runs out of money, which I believe is 2034. That's kind of a moving target as to what the real date is. So at that point, money that comes in from payroll taxes will go out as benefits. It won't even really stop in... And none of it will be accumulated in the Social Security Trust Fund. And you can thank the politicians for draining that trust fund through the years. And this is why, of course, we're having this conversation. It's because of the the actions of the politicians. So if they increase, and if that happened, you would take about a 30% hit in taxes, and excuse me, in benefits. So if you're getting... One thousand dollars of benefits, you would take. Uh, that would go down to about seven hundred dollars. They estimate. But if they do, if they raise taxes, and it'll take care of it, and it'll be in good shape going forward. So it's it's interesting how they play it, and and you know it'll be one of those things where they'll dress it up, they will make it look like it's something that it's not, and uh, like I said, it'll be a temporary fix. But there will be one administration who catches all the – and will go down in history as the president who saved Social Security. Yeah, It will be a, it'll be fun to watch. So we'll keep you posted on that. Hey, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. There is a Q&A at the top of the web page, click through, send me your questions, really send me your questions. I do answer them. Send me your comments, anything that uh, that you want to comment on, both good or bad, or both good or constructive. How about that? And I'd love to hear what you're thinking. And uh, you can always uh, just send that information in through the Q&A. That's all at the website www.prudentmoney.com and as a reminder don't forget sign up for the Prudent Money e letter and stay
0: informed what we're doing at Prudent Money.
1: This is Bob Brooks stick around I'll be right back.
0: The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and Kay Smith PastorChuck.org At PastorChuck.org you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much much more. Also at pastorchuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and K Smith, pastorchuck.org. Pastor Greg Laurie says we make our choices, and our choices make us. This week on A New Beginning, we we'll look at the importance of wise choices in the finale of our study of the life of Moses, practical encouragement from the series Water, Fire, Stone. Tune in for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 730 here on KDKR. Hi, this is Bob Brooks. What is the single most important verse on stewardship?
1: Well, you can find that verse in two books, word for word: Matthew six twenty four and Luke sixteen thirteen. No one can serve two masters; either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow, what a powerful statement! On the Prudent Money Radio Show, we talk stewardship and how to stay in a committed, surrendered stewardship relationship with God. Listen to the Prudent Money Radio Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, here are some stats that I feel really forecast the future of retirement for most people. And the last one that I will that I'll that I'll talk about is the problem. And it's probably one of the easiest problems to fix. This should not be the case. We should not be living in a scenario where we've got uh, big concerns and worry about retirement. And I'll explain why. The first one is women feel financially less secure and confident for retirement than men. Gen Z and millennial women more optimistic than older generations about the future are most likely to say, their finance uh, to say their financial planning needs improvement. I think all of our financial planning needs improvement. Having said that, got to have financial planning to, uh, just to be able to look at it and go, it needs improvement, and that is uh, somewhat of the problem. This comes from Northwestern Mutual's twenty twenty three Planning and Progress Study. I like. I, this is one of the few studies I think that's that's very, very credible. but I, this is this is fixable. and I, what I see is I see a husband and wife that is one one spouse, it could be the wife or the husband. One spouse is taking care of the, uh, the the money, the money situation, and the other spouse is disconnected from it. The spouse is taking care of things would love and studies show this and experience, and what I do shows this, would love to be a part of it, but they, for whatever reason, aren't a part of it, and the the irony is, is the husband or the spouse who's taking care of it would love for their spouse to be a part of it as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's got to be a joint effort, and I think that as as, as I go through these, these uh, steps to make things better, it starts to... All these steps add up to really make both the husband and the wife connected and and on the same page when it comes to retirement. And that way, I think everybody's a lot more confident, especially as I get to the very last one. But it has to be a joint effort and it create a plan that addresses both of your desires and goals individually and of, most importantly and uh, together. And I think that that is one of the bigger problems in marriages. Is that uh, we're all trying to get our individual goals satisfied and we forget, hey, you know, we're a, a couple first. And uh, that's got to be at the height of respect. S- the second uh, step, stay active in your money with your spouse. So not only participate, stay active. Because the problem is if you don't stay active, two things happen. Number one, you don't get a seat at the table. Said a different way is you don't get the ability to vote on a decision that your spouse would make and maybe you wouldn't have made the same decision. In fact, maybe your spouse is making bad decisions and had you your influence been uh, in the process, the decisions would have been better. I see this all the time. The third one is responsible keeps irresponsible on the road and what i mean by that is that not the the person that's that's doing the finances isn't may not be the most responsible out of the out of the couple to be doing them they may be the smarter with numbers but i would take res, the ability to be responsible above that because you can learn the numbers responsibility not so much So responsibility helps keep the irresponsible. It balances it out on the road to financial security. It acts as a great accountability for the husband and the wife, and with with both of them on the same page, knowing what's going on. And I just love to see young couples who are getting married who are already taking this path of accountability when it comes to money and and have committed themselves to doing something. It's great stewardship. Especially when you unite with somebody and spend your rest of your life with, there's a lot of money mistakes that can happen. This is uh, this is a good safety net to make sure that they don't. And then there's risk. There's risk of all kinds, not just investment risk. Of course, that's the one we always think of the the most. But there's risk of all kinds. And with two people, it's much better to figure all that out than with just one figuring it out for both because. As you know, you may make the right move, and you may not make the right move. Of course, you may, might, you may make the right move, or you're not. If it were just you or you and your spouse, but this way, both of you taking responsibility for, and uh, and for taking that risk, and things generally work out better. The next one is uh, next uh, statistic: Gen Z is facing obstacles to save for a comfortable retirement because gen Z wants to retire by sixty one but reports the greatest financial stress and savings obstacles pretty interesting and, that, and believe it or not sixty one is pretty aggressive it was never meant to be aggressive but it is pretty aggressive as far as uh, trying I mean trying to uh, to um, Retire by that age, but I I know people who who are doing that. I know people who are on track to do that. And it's just you your values really have to to change and adjust to fit that pretty aggressive goal. Here is the problem, though. This is the problem. Just one in five retirees have a formal written retirement plan. And maybe the fact that the writer, of, or the the develop the developer of this survey, calls it a formal written retirement plan. How many of you think about this? If you had the choice of doing a formal written retirement plan or a one-page plan that states out your goals, what you need to do. What you need to look out for, where you need to be. Who would choose the second one? Who would not choose the formal written retirement plan? Two things jump out of me when when you start talking about a formal written retirement plan. Number one, it's boring and it's going to be a lot of numbers and you're going to lose you're going to lose interest. It happens a lot. Or my favorite my favorite example. Is the couple that goes into the financial planner and they bring out a leather-bound book? They're always leather-bound. Um, well, not the ones I do, but most of the financial plans are leather-bound. Looks good. They do a they do a, a run-through on the numbers. Everybody's happy. Everybody's nobody's nobody's motivated to change, but everybody agrees it's a good plan. Good-looking leather boundary, uh, leather uh, binder as well and it goes up in the shelf on a prominent place where the couple will get to it when they've got time all the time to see it. One of the best actionable steps you can take is to keep it easy and, uh, and get rid of the formalities. So, what if you changed those statistics to Three in five retirees have a game plan for retirement. That sounds so much better than a formal written retirement plan. I'm telling you, I can get it, I can get it on one one page. It doesn't take that long. It's not rocket science. It's numbers. And numbers tell the truth of where you are at any given time. That's what I like about the retirement planning system. The process is that you should be able to have a a setup that says by the end of the year I need to be at this in this investment level. By the end of the year, I need to be at three hundred thousand dollars, or I need to be at four hundred thousand dollars, or whatever it is. If you get to the end of the year, wouldn't you love to know? I mean, think about this for a second. Wouldn't you love to know? That you put the time in, and it doesn't take that much time. And you know that if you are at $500,000 or $400,000, or you're above $400,000, maybe you're at 450, you're supposed to be at four hundred, dollars and you're at four fifty. dollars that you are on track to reach your goals. And with that information, whether you're on track or you're behind, and you know the amount you're behind, or you, or you know the amount that you are ahead, will greatly increase the ability to make decisions going forward. You just make better decisions when you know if you're ahead or behind. You, uh, it's easier to make a decision to say that we're going to go on a, a vacation and spend X amount of dollars when you know that you're ahead. It's easier to look at. You know, Let me give you a great example. There's a lot of people, and I, and I feel the same way, the feel that over the at least the next 12 to 18 months could be a really dicey time in the markets. And so what a what a great situation that you would have to say, you know, I am on track as of this year to to uh, retire and I'm ahead by $60,000. You can make great choices in how much risk that you're going to take for a time period by knowing that you're ahead. And if you are behind, you know what you have to do to get back on track. And if you get too far behind, then you can go and you can change and adjust your goals. You may not want to do it, but some other things came up and uh, your values shifted for a, a temporary time period. And now that that's over with and you're kind of back, tracking again on where you're how far you're behind all you have to do is change the the ages or change the amount or change you can change things to get you back to where you're within uh, a, a close to your your retirement original retirement numbers so there's a lot of flexibility and things that you can do and uh, I just totally believe that that is the answer and if you want more information on, on the process like that just go to info at prudentmoney.com we will shoot you an email back and tell you how it works. Hey, this is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day.
0: That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you have just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.